Welcome to the Concast, Comic Con Africa's official podcast. All right, so let's get cracking on episode eight. It's going to be embarrassing if you fuck that up. Yeah, of our podcast. Um, My name is Kelvin. Hello, everybody. I'm joined by Robbie over there. Hello. And uh, uh, how do we say an an illustrator of modern hieroglyphics, Robbie. (laughs) That's actually a funky way of doing it. I like that, actually. (laughs) We have Joanna Stewart on Zoom. Hey, how are you doing? (laughs) Clap, 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 (laughs) clap. Like I'm gonna make that my like title from now on, modern hieroglyphic illustration. I, li- I like that. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy to have have contributed. Did you do that on the fly? No, I, I honestly, I, I was thinking about it since this morning. Okay, cool. Because I was gonna, I was gonna be real impressed. If, like I'm still impressed, but I would have been real impressed if you did that on the fly. No, I, I, I promise you, there was a lot of thought that went into that one. I was like, emojis, emotes, pictures, communication. Yeah, I can see that. You're like standing in the shower thinking about what you're going to say. Yeah. Like... <laughs> With Calvin. <laughs> yeah. Modern characters. Ah, modern hieroglyphs. <laughs> but we are chatting to Joe about um, what it is to be a Twitch emote artist, which is so damn exciting. I just think that it is something... I've never met somebody that is like, yes, this is, this is My what job I do. description. I am a Twitch emote artist. So... Is it as simple as it sounds, or is there more to it? Why don't you Why don't you tell us? What I'm really asking is, what do you do? What do I do? Okay, so I, well, it's a very pretty simple description. I'm sorry if there's noise in the background, but no, no, I, I live in Eastern Europe, and everybody is always renovating something, so there's oh. always noise. <laughs> no, but to get back to your question, um, so it, it's, Pretty simple in terms of explanation. What I do, I make emotes for streamers. Um, and it's basically like tiny little hieroglyphs, I guess. <laughs> um, and like uh, emoticons that people will use during the stream um, to communicate with each other or to communicate with the streamer. Um, so yeah, so that's the gist of it. As to whether it's as simple as it sounds, not really. There's a lot more that goes into being an emote artist than just like sitting down and creating like a couple of little faces and then sending it off to somebody. Um, yeah. I think there's like a large part of it that isn't really discussed or really thought about by potential other emote artists or by streamers is kind of the process behind that. So like if you get the client, the client comes to you, they say, oh, I want this thing, you know, there's like a whole list of questions like, you know, what kind of emote do you want? You know, what kind of face do you want it to have? What little details? And then kind of working that into a design that is both functional um, and that suits that streamer. Yeah, you know? yeah. So there's all of that. It's, it's kind of, it's the same as any illustration job, I would say. Um, or any graphic design job, there's like a whole process. A brief. Client, get a brief. <laughs> do the actual work, which is a surprisingly small amount of work in comparison to everything else that you have to do. Um, get your approvals and then, you know, saving out, making sure everything's in the right format, making sure that everything looks good at such a small resolution. You know, there are tools out there where you can actually test it to see like what it's going to look like in the chat. Whoa. Um, yeah, and then final delivery, and then it's done. Yeah. 
yeah, it's so you're, a whole you're, you're, project. You're, you're preaching to the choir. Uh, I, I'm, I'm the resident graphic designer, so trust me, I, I understand. I understand, don't worry. Hence why I'm here. He's, he's not a designer, so that's no. why he brought me. <laughs> uh, but Joe, I, I wanted to chat to you also in my shower while I was thinking about um, modern hieroglyphs. I thought that <laughs> it's like... It's like small little things that make a big impact, right? Because emotes in chats are so important. I mean, there's there's so much thought that goes into it. Like you said, it's like a really big brand reflection on someone. Do you, when you get the brief, because I can imagine that you also kind of, sometimes it might be reverse as well. Somebody might come to you and be like, oh, I have this kind of CI and you come up with these badass emojis and they're like or emotes rather and you say okay cool i'm gonna change mine to center around the emotes does that happen often i've really had anybody who's changed their like their branding around an emote it's usually you know the emotes are made for that brand Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, it's definitely possible. Like if somebody comes along and they say, oh yeah, I really like th like this element from these emotes, you know, and they want to change their whole brand because they like a color or something like that. It just really depends. Like some people will come to me with a full brief. Some people will come to me sometimes and be like, hey, I want emotes, um, but I don't know what I want. And then oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh wait. <laughs> you know? I love the freelance like, life. Um, where, do you, like, where do you start, you know? Um, and I think like what I've learned over time is you'd be surprised how many people actually do that who have come to me and say like listen I want emotes and I have like three slots but I don't really know what I want so you kind yeah. of have to get to a point where you can suggest where you can say like okay these are the top three used emotes for example like hype is probably yeah. one of the mm. biggest emotes you know because it's it's one of the biggest interactions between the streamer and the people in chat <laughs> so it'll be like hype and a love emote and I don't know, like a dead emote or something. Yeah, or a high emote, you know, that kind of thing. So you'll sit down and you'll say to them, okay, these are the emotes I suggest. And then you sort of build up from that, you know, and you go, okay, well, what's something that's cool about your stream? What's something that is a meme on your stream? You know, what is something yeah. that's unique to your stream? Or even it could be like a color, or it could be like, oh, I love my dog, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then you make an emote of the dog. So it yeah. just really depends. Like. That's the thing that I think a lot of people kind of don't see about an emote artist is like how much detail you have to extract from your clients and how much interaction with your clients you need to have, you know? Yeah. So. If, if, you, if you need to ever sum up to someone what freelance graphic design, emote artist, illustrator, or anything is, it's the best sentence to be, the best question to ask them is, hey, have you ever wanted to, what it was like to be a Nazi interrogator? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not even joking. You literally have to ask these people their life stories sometimes before yeah. you get an actual goddamn clue as to what they want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's you, you got to get down to the bare bones. Bare bones. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and sometimes you even, like, just have to give somebody something that they don't think they need, you know? Yeah. Like, sometimes you, you have to be, like, a fucking psychic. Sorry, excuse me, French. No, 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 no. We welcome it. PG eighteen, PG eighteen cost. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Sometimes you have to kind of be like that crystal ball and go like, oh shit, you know, is this person actually gonna like it? Like I had a, I had a client a few weeks back who wanted um, some dog emotes, mm. and 
I don't know where I got it from because he, he sent like a picture, but it was a very old picture and he, the dog wasn't wearing a collar, but I put a collar on it um, and I made it a blue collar. And when I sent it through to the guy, he was like, oh my God, my dog has a blue collar. And I'm just kind of like. I just like the color, bro. And that was yeah. so important to him. And I was just like, I just chose blue because, because like you know. Color. <laughs> so like sometimes there's, there's a coincidence. Sometimes you sort of have to take news um, <coughs> from people and mm. sort of try and incorporate that you know maybe something they've said that they don't realize is important to them um, and try and incorporate that kind of thing and I think it makes people feel a bit more like you're paying attention to them and oh sorry I'm distracted <laughs> <laughs> don't please <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where that came from um, and I think that's that's like quite important in terms of retaining clients because that is also something that's quite um, something that again isn't mentioned or isn't really discussed when it comes to being a freelancer in general I guess you know it's yeah. like retaining clients making sure that they come back especially when it comes to emotes because they're gonna continue to want more emotes you know yeah um, and it's like some people have emotes from multiple different artists. Some people just like to have one artist that they use because they're reliable. And you yeah. kind of have it. But that's that's really really interesting that you bring that up because it's still your product at the end of the day. And I could imagine that it's mm. it's it's like a lot of people are like, oh, that's that's so cool and whatever. But I mean, like, you're a bona fide businesswoman. Shit. Like that, <laughs> that what is, do you think a freelancer was, Calvin? No, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not taking that away from you. Like, oh, you're, you're twitching. We're selling a product, product but yeah, instead of a physical thing, it's but, our skill set. But it's really, really cool it to, to speak to you and hear from your perspective. It's like returning customers are so important. Yeah. So, so is that... Is that where like the main elements of perhaps the business side of Twitch emotes come through? Is it return clients? Is it new clients? Kitty. <laughs> I have a cat. I have I have three, and they're probably gonna run around. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think there are two kind of sides to it when it comes to uh, business. And again, I think I think a lot of the principles <laughs> that apply for like freelance graphic designers or any kind of like art online um it kind of it's always the same thing it's the same principle so even in emotes or like doing emote work or doing like anything on on twitch i guess overlays that kind of stuff you you'll have like two main streams of revenue one is return clients um which you want to keep as happy as possible and then new clients and your new clients are generally like a lot of effort to get them um, and a little bit of effort to retain them and like turn them into return clients. Yeah. Um, whereas your return clients, like with me, I know I don't have to, they'll come to me, you know, like whenever I have return clients, they're like, they'll send me a message and they'll be like, oh, hey, are you free? Do you have like a slot open? That kind of thing. So once you've made them happy and once you've put that effort into like marketing to finding those clients and then keeping them, you're kind of set in the sense that they'll continue to return as long as you don't yeah. piss them off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, that that's that's so cool. Um, I'm just how how do you how do you market this? Is it is it? It's probably mostly through socials, isn't it? Yeah. So a lot of a lot of like online illustration and stuff like that. Um, 
you can do it one of two ways. You can either use multiple platforms and try and like split your time between those multiple platforms, which I've watched and it's never really worked because of the amount of time and effort that it takes. Or you can choose one platform. For example, it could be Twitter. That's how I market. Uh, it could be Instagram, could be Facebook. It could be, you could use Fiverr if you wanted. Um, but like, I wouldn't recommend websites like Fiverr because even though it puts you in front of people, it takes a cut of your, of your work essentially. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you kind of want to avoid websites like that, but if that's the way that you want to go, because it, it, they also kind of have like the security of you're going to be seen. And also like from a legal standpoint, I think there's a bit of security there. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, so yeah, you kind of want to avoid websites like that, but you can go through that sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know, and then from there you want to build like a marketing campaign. So it's not just about going out and sending people messages and being like, oh, hey, I'm a, I'm a remote artist. You kind of want to have, you want to have like a portfolio. Um, and if you're still new to it, you don't necessarily need a portfolio. You just sort of need like proof of concept. So if you're somebody who wants to become an remote artist, either have art, like if you were an illustrator for something else, have art from those illustrations to show people or make emotes of your own. That's how I got into it. Like I needed emotes for my streams and sorry. And uh, I made emotes the one day and like a bunch of people saw them and they're just like, oh my God, I want emotes. <laughs> nice. And I was sort of like, I don't, I, this is not what I do. Like, I don't understand. And somebody was like, no, no, I'll pay you. I'll pay you money for, the, for your emotes. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. oh, fine, if you're asking. I wasn't even all that good. Like there are some amazing artists out there and it's just kind of taken a while for me to get to this point where you know, I can now, I, I now have like return clients to the point where I barely have to market anymore because sure. if I do, I'll have too many, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, flipping done, Joe. That is so <laughs> cool. It's just so, like, it's so cool to hear that not only does like this niche industry of working in, right? I'm Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure that as much as there are emotes, artists, it's like, there's emote artists and then there's emote artists. Yes. You know what I mean? It's just so flipping cool to hear that someone is kicking ass in that space. So like <laughs> high five to you, Joe. That is awesome. Okay. Two things. Number one, has anyone yet noticed the da- that Calvin is the dad of CCA? <laughs> like he just oozes dad pride whenever any guest does anything successful. He's just like, he automatically turns into your parent for some reason. Is like, I'm so proud of you. You've grown so much. But how can you not be proud? <laughs> like that is so cool. That is no, like- I'm not saying, I'm just making an observation. Yeah. And then two, uh, <laughs> yeah, as long as I'm fun. <laughs> And then the second thing was like I just wanted like just to highlight one of the things in that whole interaction with uh, the whole concept of portfolios because so I got a tertiary education in graphic design so I have a, I have a BA in graphic design but one thing they don't teach you is your portfolio so I had a semester where they gave me portfolio prep what they did was everything we'd done for the last three years in our in our degree. We collated it and put it into a portfolio. And they're like, okay, cool. This is what you're going to take to your first jobs. That's not how it works. That's not how it works, even in the slightest. What you're actually supposed to do is look at the company you're looking to apply at, see what design they're already doing, and make new shit 
that you've never done before in their style what they're looking for because no dude cares that you did one semester in, ter uh, in terrain illustration and you made this really badass picture of mountains with cherry blossom trees and some weird trine and stuff like that. They don't care. If the dude is looking for a dude to just make a sign, make signs for their, for, for like, let's use uh, Comic-Con. If they're looking for a dude to make signs, they, they don't need, they don't need that level. They just need basic graphics. Yeah. So it's an important thing that I think all artists should like learn, like that isn't really talked about enough, that the portfolio, everyone knows their portfolio is the most important piece, but no one really has explained like what have, well, there are people that have explained, but it's like not talked enough, like what actually is in the portfolio. Yeah, like I told you, my lecturers just said, hey, just put all your shit together and hand it to your first job. And they were freelancers for a bit, so they should, of all people, know you need to show what they want to see yeah. for them to hire you. Yeah. Not just, hey, this is what I like to do. Yeah. They don't care. Do you do, do, you do something similar with, with Twitch emotes, similar to that where you kind of say, like, if you're speaking to a client and you can feed off of their energy and you say, like, oh, I've done something similar for this personality and these emotes did exception. Is that, is that common practice that side? Yeah. Um, so if, like, if somebody comes along and they kind of, have an idea and I go like, okay, cool. I, I know where this person's going. Then I'll send them like, you, like you said, you know, a bunch of emotes that I've done before where it's kind of similar or sometimes I'll even reference stuff. So like, this is something Mood that board. Is, <laughs> this is something that nobody talks about. I mean, okay. There, there are people in the industry who talk about it a lot. They have like YouTube channels based around it, but, but they don't highlight it. They don't highlight these important things. Yeah. It's never a thing that's really discussed in terms of like, Oh, you're, you're starting out here. Let me give you some information. Um, a lot of it's like, and it's the same thing in, in just normal illustration. Like if you went to go work for Blizzard or if you went to go work for like Capcom or something like that, all of your concept design guys and like people who are doing like flash screens and that kind of stuff, like everybody uses references. How are you supposed yeah. to know what something looks like if you don't use a reference? If you've never seen it, you can't draw it, right? And it's exactly the same with emotes. So like you want to keep up to date with what other remote artists are doing, what other illustrators, like, for example, skateboard designs, you know, or something that you think is funky, like you want to keep up with that. And yeah. so using that kind of thing, not necessarily to like show a client and say, oh, hey, I can do this. And it's a copy of, you know, this so-and-so artist. Yeah. It's simply like a style reference, you know, yeah. to be able to, to find whatever it is that you are seeing in your head to be able to show a client so that they understand what they're getting, like that's very important as well, you know? So there's, I think a lot of like almost politics, depending on like what platform you're on in terms of emotive art and just yeah. illustration in general, we feel yeah. like, oh, this person's art stealing, well, this person's doing that, you know? And it's kind of like- Are they though? <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean like there is a fine line but at the same time you know it's kind of like what i show my client versus what i present or what i give yeah. to my client is two different things yeah you know the important the, the important line the, the the fine line where people don't see it normally is have i made money or claimed this is mine like if I, if you, that, that's where the fine line comes. If the person just posts it and like, this is a drawing I did 
it, it's a drawing they did. They may have copied the drawing, but they still physically made the drawing. Now, if they sell that drawing or claim the idea as their own, that's where the line gets crossed. Yeah. But it doesn't, that doesn't happen because most people are just like, yo, I copied this pretty, pretty well, didn't I? Check, check this. Like, they're excited because that's also how you learn. Like, I didn't learn by just like sitting and being like, how do you do a head? I looked at a photo yeah. of someone and I was like, okay, eyes over there. Nope, too high. <laughs> and I did that. You, you've, you've got to... Copying is the... What is it? Copying is the greatest form of flattery. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's With art, that's literally our modus operandi. You steal with pride because yeah. good art... My le- the one thing my, my lecturer told me that I, oh, I love to tell other artists, good artists copy, great artists steal. Oh, yeah? yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's a saying for a reason. And it's like, there are so many people with, you know, with how accessible the internet has become and with how many channels there are now that are dedicated to art, like on YouTube, even on Twitch and that kind of thing. Like you, you go and speak to any of the big names, they will all say exactly the same thing. It's exactly the yeah. same thing. You like, you still like an artist. That's the same. You still like an artist. You still. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like it. If you see a dude do a technique and he's like, oh yeah, like this is my personal technique. You try and copy that technique until you get it right. Because yeah. it might be a cool thing to have in your toolbox. Yeah. Your ba- artists are Batman. They, they have a tool belt. They need to fill it up. <laughs> fill up your toolbox. All about the skills you learn. Like we, we should take pride. I, I think a lot of like young artists or... I say young in terms of like people who are just starting out in yes. art, not necessarily age. Um, but like a lot of young artists have this idea that you you shouldn't be copying, you shouldn't yeah. be looking at yeah. other people's styles because you got to make your own style. You know, like you shouldn't be doing all these things that we're told. And then you get into like a studio, and these people are doing all of this shit because it's faster and because yeah. it's like how can you go and work in a studio like you were saying earlier you know having in your portfolio if you want to approach a company and you go to that company and you don't have anything in your portfolio that looks anything like what they're doing they're going to look at you and be like you can't do what we do why would Mm -hmm. we hire you you know like you don't go to blizzard with your own style you go to blizzard with splash art their splash art you know yeah Yeah. it's 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 pretty much like when it comes to emotes, it's sort of in the same vein. There's a lot more opportunity for creativity and having like your own style and stuff. That's cool. But when you're starting out, like reference, you, you need to watch, you need to kind of see what other people are doing so that you can know what you can do and how you can manipulate it or change it, you know? Gee whiz. That is you know, like it's it's a bit of a meme around the office that Kelvin can't even draw a stick man, but like honestly, my my official photo in the team is it's a little a stick, stick man, man. <laughs> that he drew, that drew when it. we made the yeah. joke for the first time. So I mean, this is, and I think that 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 might be what's holding me off is because yes, it's look, it's just a stick man, but I've I've tried a little bit harder on other stuff, I promise. But you know, when it, when you think to yourself like, oh shit. I can't think of anything new. It's like closing your eye and trying to see a new color. It just feels <laughs> impossible. So I think I think I, I I might give it a try again. Might fire it up and look to actual references this time. Go for it. Like, dude, no, like is, don't be scared. Like I one of my lecturers, she showed us an artwork she had done for a poster for I think it was a band's new album that she like her boyfriend's band or something. She had taken a 
full photo of, a, of, of an actual person, outlined the body proportions, and then just added, took away some elements, added some elements, and then Jeez. done. Jeez. Done. And she was like, you saw this, then you saw this photo, and you saw the shape, but were there any other refer other duplications? There wasn't. Yeah. It was just, it was just the shape and the vibe. Like she liked the composition of the photo. She was. That's cool. And then she's, cool. you, you, you can't be a, because otherwise, how do you learn? Like, how am I going to learn how, how the muscles and the arms and the bones sit if I don't actually draw a physical? That's why artists take photos of themselves a lot, because the easiest access to a reference is ourselves. Because it's a nightmare going to Google and being like, photo of man with leg over sho left shoulder looking at sunset. <laughs> <laughs> references trying to find references on google oh my god it's a no nothing is weirder than a, a any artist's university google search folder oh yeah it is the weirdest shit yeah. you, will, you will never see any weirder searches than if you go to an artist in university and you're like hey can i see your google search history or your google images search history it's going to be like the weirdest shit you've the ever weirdest. heard and it's like we're trying to find the keywords okay <laughs> we're trying to get there um joe i, I wanted to ask now knowing the references and like the thought and intensity that goes into it we 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 have our twitch channel as well as comic-con uh we I've do done our, some crappy emotes i wouldn't call them crappy <laughs> my I emotes just... aren't good i don't work in that small of an aspect ratio so, okay? so this is the thing right joe it's when we like a little bit of insider it's knowledge tiny. over here we were like okay cool we've made affiliate sick we can have emotes <coughs> so let's let's like go look at a couple of emotes so i think we have win we have nice and we have gg right so oh, and then we have our oh yeah and then we have our of, oh yeah that's a big one yeah yeah that's a, that's a gift yeah. um but so we have like those three emotes over there and we were like shit now we have nice gg and win but we don't know how much detail to put into the character. It was like a flipping nightmare in this office, Joe. Everybody was zooming in on emojis on YouTube. We found out uh, collectively, we, we decided that um, uh, the lobster was the most detailed emoji on WhatsApp because we were like, look at those tentacles. Like yeah. there's even shading there. Yes, so, there was a gradient. There the was a gradient. So yes. how do you take something that has so much detail i mean if you look at like a character with hair you can like see the little cartoon hairlines and stuff like that how do you get that to translate to something so small and do it so effectively because that can't be easy um so i think it i think it it depends um on how you learn to illustrate oh, yeah? but like the simplest answer for me is I used to watch a lot of um, like illustrators for like really complex, um, uh, what was the guy's name? Um, There's like Adam Duff. I don't know if you've ever seen his work before. Yeah. So I used to watch a lot of that on YouTube um, when I was like learning how to draw or like got back into it very recently. And one of the things that a lot of illustrators will tell you is always start with the big shapes. So yeah. you like start drawing the human body. You're kind of like, okay, face, the hair okay. is one shape. The torso is one shape. The arms are like one shape kind of thing. So you kind of want to think about what you're going to create. And then from there, you want to break that up into these bigger shapes and then just keep those bigger shapes. Like don't go down into detail. Um, and then additionally, you kind of want to capture the essence of that. So this is something that like in animation is very, very important. Like if you, 
go work for Disney or you work for like DreamWorks or something like that. One of the things that they teach you is like, get rid of all the excess detail. None of it matters. All you want is the expression, right? So like when you're starting to go work for Disney or you're starting to do just any kind of animation, the big thing is always to push your expressions, make your smiles wider, make your eyes smaller. Like if you're, if you're laughing, you know, or if you're crying, make your eyes bigger with more light in them kind of thing. So you kind of have to take these principles of like basic illustration and basic animation and you mix them together and then you kind of come up with a concept, you know, and it's more, it's less about the actual image itself and more about the emotion that you're trying to bring across, if that makes sense. Because anything can have emotion, you know, like you could have a hand, hands have emotion, feet, yeah. feet have emotion, you know, that kind of thing. So like any object could have an emotion. It's just about how you kind of push that through shape dynamics and understanding how like shapes work and color as well. It's also a very important thing. Um, both in terms of, because color is kind of difficult in the sense that depending on where you are in the world, like different colors will mean different things. Like for example, in the West, it's very easy for us to say like, oh, red is an aggressive emotion. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's angry or it's like active. Whereas in, in the East, you know, in most Asian cultures, red is a sign of good luck. So yeah. it will mean something different in different places. So you kind of almost want to get like, these color combinations that are sort of universal and rely less on the emotion that that color brings and more how that color impacts other colors inside of this tiny little space. <laughs> so, and this also helps with, with visibility. So like if you have high contrast, if you have like, for example, um, say like pink and purple, and then you have a really light color underneath that for like text, you know, that's a, a visual content or like contrast that will be able to, you'll be able to see at a very uh, like small resolution. So it's just mm -hmm. things like that. It's just, you really do have to understand how illustration works. Yeah, because I was even touching up our Twitch, actually funny enough, earlier on today. <laughs> and I think that the dimensions for a emote is like, what, 28 pixels by 28 pixels? That's, yeah, that's the smallest resolution for an emerge. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't it one? Wasn't one twenty-eight the biggest one? Because you one twelve is the biggest. One, I think because you told me to design at the biggest, and then you said Twitch would just zoom it down. Zoom so it you down. made me do the highest. Yeah, but I, I, it, I, I'm just it mind blowing. Honestly, it's crazy to think that you can get so much. And again, I need to like, revamp those emotes. Yeah, but it, it's, <laughs> it's crazy to think that like. Like it sounds so cliche to say and it sounds like very hippie and all that kind of stuff but like those Dude. little dudes in the chat really mean a lot and i think it's also like you were saying earlier about the branding and you know like when you drop when you drop this one on that person's channel it's like oh my god we're part of the family like that yep. is so cool that it also creates like such a really cool sense of community and and mm. people can vote. Do they want this one? Do they want that one? It's just mm. flipping cool, man. Dude, my Discord channels, when we when we vote on new emotes, it's a war. It's a war. <laughs> it's a war. <laughs> you think I'm joking? What, at one time, we I've got a... Um, I used to play Final uh, Final Fantasy. I think it's like, what, 14 online, like two years ago. 
uh, and in the guild I was a part of, one of the designers on the guild would do emotes for the chat. And she was like, okay guys, time to vote on the next emote. Two Oaks got over a fight on the emote that actually said, okay, contest, we're going to go into the game 1v1 me right now. Whoever dies first loses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bloodbath. Yeah. People like their emotes, man. Yeah. Joe, have you... Have you ever had a have you ever had an emote that you're like, oh buddy, can't like do you get people that are just don't understand the, the, the simplicity of them where you have to be like Oh, I thought you were going to like I want this giant castle with like me riding out on a horse that has wings. Like do you ever get like those kind of I'm requests? Sure. Or is it like the general consensus that people can look and understand that emotes are quite simple? Um Yeah, I've gotten I've got a fair share of that where people have come to me and they want like four different elements and I'm kind of like yo bro okay listen two's much <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean <laughs> like, um but I also think that there kind of needs to be some kind of compensation um mm. or like compromise where you as the artist sort of you need to understand what is capable um or what you're capable of and what is pushing the boundaries um and if you're prepared to push those boundaries if you, if you kind of like say okay you know what four is a bit much, but I'll try three of those things, you know, yeah. usually your clients understand. Um, and also it's a, it's good. It's a learning curve for you, you know, cause you kind of go like, Oh, Hey, how do I fit these three things into a box that's this small and they're all visible? Yeah. You know? So sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's a challenge. Sometimes it is possible um and sometimes it's just not and then you go to your client with a design and i find what helps me is like when i go to a client with a design and it's just not working i'll create something else that is working that's kind yeah. of what they want and i'll say okay like look this is what you asked for it's not working this is what i've got you know yeah. what do you what are you going to go with and sometimes people are stubborn sometimes yeah, sometimes they'll they'll be like, no, I want that thing that I asked for. And then you just got to be like, you know what? You're paying me. You can have it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also another helpful tip for artists because uh, Calvin see me do this once or twice with our bosses as well. They ask me to do something and I'm like, that's going to look like shit. They don't listen to me. So then I'll do their idea. I'll do it to completion. Then I'll do my idea. And then I'll present them both to them. But I'll present mine first. And then there's yeah, afterwards. And I kind of like, I play the psychological game like with Renee a lot where I'm like, okay, so this is what I did. And she's like, this is not what I asked for. And I'm like, no, here's what, I, here's what you asked for. But I want, I just wanted you, you to see what I was doing. Yeah. And not all the time, but like a good like seven out of 10, she looks at it and she's like, and this is why I pay you as the designer. Because yeah. <laughs> it does happen every now and then where the client's like, no, 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 I know better. I know my... Because we don't know what's in their head. So we try and telegraph it as close as we can. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes their head doesn't look so good. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, think it's going to turn out a certain way. We obviously don't know how it looks in their mind. But yeah. we get it close enough, but we know like composition wise that ain't gonna work that ain't gonna work <laughs> so we give them the alternative and sometimes they like it sometimes they yeah. don't <laughs> but Joe, i think i think let's chat to the freelance element of what you do because i could imagine that on, on top of everything else that is going on being a freelancer can't be easy at the moment or have you seen that there's been like a, a whole bunch more of twitch emote requests coming through because of covid what what's the freelance scene looking like at the moment 
So it's it's actually surprisingly good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think globally, a lot of online at least, uh, online artists have been saying like, oh, they don't, they've never had more commissions, you know, they've never had more interaction from people. Um, and I think it's because a lot of people are staying at home, they're bored. Um, people who usually commission or new commissioners, because there have been a lot of new commissioners recently, uh, a bunch of new commissioners and previous commissioners, they now have extra cash if they're working from home, you know, that kind of thing. They don't, they can't spend it on going out. So they're spending it on something that's kind of like, oh, this is custom to me. Uh, additionally, there are also a ton of new streamers because of COVID, you know, yeah. a ton of new watches. Um, so people are getting affiliates, they're getting affiliate relatively quickly, and a lot of them want new emotes, you know, so it has, it has actually been very good. Um, yeah, I don't think they ha there hasn't really been a dip. I think maybe January was like the worst month, but yeah, so I think, I think in, in terms of like, um, being a freelancer at the moment, it's, it's a really good time. Yeah. You know, it's a really good time. People have spare cash. So. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I could imagine that being a freelancer, it's super risky and super commendable because, I mean, it's like some months you're knocking the lights out and other months you can't pay for them, I could imagine. <laughs> so, so, so how do you... Some months you're knocking the lights out. Some months the lights are knocked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <exactly. laughs> Is that is that just are you would you say that you're quite risk adverse are you, or are you quite comfortable with taking that risk being a freelancer and how how does that impact you I'm sure that that must make you quite anxious how does it... yeah so I, I think when I first started because uh, I kind of started it out of uh, necessity it was kind of a situation where I like had to do it so it was a sink or swim um, and. At first, I it was a lot. It is a lot. Like to realize that you're a freelancer and you don't know where your next commission is coming from or like what's going to happen. <laughs> it yeah. is nerve-wracking, you know. Um, but I think after after you get past that first point of going like, oh, how am I going to afford these things? Like, am I going to be able to pay for rent? Am I going to be able to pay for like bills and all this other stuff? You You kind of get to a point where you're like, oh, I can do this. And that, for me at least, was like the most rewarding thing ever that I've ever experienced. It was like the situation where I just woke up one day and I was like, I paid my rent for the last six months. I paid bills for the last six months. Like, oh my God, I can do this. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. awesome. <laughs> Like, Joe, I like I'm, I'm getting I'm getting more excited than I should for your sake. I'm like you you go, Joe. <laughs> like this is so cool. I and Daddy it. Calvinson. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Dad. We're not making fun of you. <laughs> yeah. So I I think um like I say it's nerve wracking. Um, there's a lot that you need to put into it. There's a lot of you need to have a lot of self control if you're gonna go the freelance route. You need to have a lot of self control and you need self -management. to get yeah yeah there's a lot of you have to do that kind of thing you also have to be confident like there is a certain confidence that eventually comes with it but at first you kind of have to fake it till you make it sort of thing yeah. where you have to believe that you can do it in order to put out advertising in order to send yeah. people dms and be like hey because you know a lot of a lot of like 
a lot of artists get their commissions from sending people DMs with like information, you know, there's a lot of people who post on Twitter be like, hey, DM me, you know, to DM somebody to just randomly send them a message, be like, yo, bro, I do this, like that's nerve-wracking because that person could reject you, you know? So as a freelancer, I think you have to really get comfortable with rejection um, and disappointment and you need to learn how to deal with that and kind of make that a part of your process. Otherwise, you just won't make it. Yeah. And actually, to go with that, I think let's once again be someone who did freelance and was like, nope, not for me. <laughs> Let, let's let's help the freelancers here, but uh, don't disclose any personal uh, tactics. But um, one thing I I struggled with when I started trying freelance for the first bit before I found a job, uh, and the one thing all freelancers complain about when they start pricing, personal pricing, valuing yourself and your work. How did you cope with and how did you like, don't don't give obviously actual numbers and details, but give like figurative, like how did you kind of gauge yourself and how did you progress with that? Because that is like one of the biggest issues I hear and dealt with at the start. <laughs> definitely, definitely. A lot of people struggle with that. Um, I think a lot of people also struggle with it because there's sort of this like idea of a set progression. So yeah. a lot of people will say like, oh, when you begin, you only charge X amount, right? Which is like already like $5 or whatever, you know? And then you get to go up as you get more experience. And it's kind of like, yes, but also no. Also no. Right? You need to understand the value of the thing that you're selling. And you need to understand the value of you as a person. Like this is something that I think a lot of artists lack because we're never taught that our skills are important that our skills because if you look at anything right like you look at advertising you look at like design you look at architecture that kind of stuff it's all an artistic skill that's that somebody was taught that you learned over time that's valuable it's like being a doctor and we aren't taught to appreciate that so in the beginning a lot of people will undervalue themselves for me it took a bit um because i also started very low but within the first year i quickly like move my price up because I was watching other remote artists. Yeah. Like I I was watching other remote artists and I'm kind of like, I mean, so little for what I'm doing. And I also discovered that the, every time I pushed my price up, I got more clients. So like I would get more and better clients. So just kept on doing it. (laughs) And now Joe charges $500 for three emotes. Yeah, you'd be surprised. But psychologically, it is weird. They see that big price. The clients then think they're like, wait, there there might be a reason for this price. Some people just look at the price and they're like, I knew a fork not for that. No. mm -mm." But other people, some clients look at that and are like, okay, it's pricey. Why is it pricey? Then they start digging. They engage and then they look and then they're like, yeah, I can can totally hire this person. So Joe... When do we know we're being conned by an, a Twitch emote artist? And I'm not saying that if there's like tricks and trades to maybe upsell somebody, I don't deem that as conning. Uh, but when somebody is charging X for one emote, what is, like where is the line so that people that are interested in buying emotes don't get don't get hurt? That's by the it? problem. There isn't. No, I think I think there's hmm. very fine. It's a very, yeah, it's a very difficult thing to, to explain because each artist is different. It's, it's just like, it's just like hiring an illustrator. You know, you have like 
this person's style is more expensive than this person's style just because this person values their style more and so do you so therefore you're willing to pay for it like art is very subjective and so are emotes so there are emote artists out there who who charge like 50 dollars for an emote which good for them they're fully booked and they like have a three-month waiting list that's that's cool um that doesn't necessarily mean it's a con however i mean i've heard stories from other clients who have come to me who've been like oh i went onto twitter i paid this dude and then i never got anything back so i think in terms of being scammed in the twitch and emote like environment it's more so people taking a chance because emotes are super popular at the moment Mm. you know it's for them it's like oh I'll just take advantage of it, you know? So there are definitely scams out there. I think for people who want to avoid scams, first thing you need to do is make sure they have a portfolio. Like I mentioned this before, a lot of the legit emote artists will have like a website that you can go to or they'll post like previous work on their wherever, their Twitter, their Instagram, that kind of thing. Um, And then they'll have a, a price list as well like a very good sign of somebody who's legit they'll have their price list up yeah. they'll right. have some place where you can commission them um so that like you know immediately oh this is this is what's happening um yeah, yeah otherwise you're just gonna end up sending money to somebody yeah. and they're never gonna pay you because because aside from like the flat out frauds like in that case where like oh i paid the dude and he just didn't give me shit yeah. It's kind of hard to, your question is difficult because it is a subjective value. Like how, how valuable do you think my art is? Cause you've seen my art on a day-to-day basis. How valuable do you think it is? How much would you pay for those Twitch emotes I made for you? It's a yeah. subjective thing. I, and every artist has to look at themselves retrospectively and you are responsible. Once again, the self-management, you are responsible with tacking a value onto yourself. Like how confident are you are saying, this thing that I made is worth X. Yeah. How confident are you? And if you, and like Joe said, if you show, present that, it's all about the confidence. If you present that confidence, like, yes, I'm worth $50. What of it? Yeah. Dude will pay you. Dude yeah. will hire you. Someone will. But you have to look at yourself and be like, is my skill set there? Yeah. And you, that's that's why, like, that's a loaded question, yeah. a little bit, okay. just a little I, loaded. I can see, I can see why that was a that was a think before speaking kind of question. But yeah. thank you, thank you both. For <laughs> no, 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 need to put you out there. I'm just saying, like, it yeah. is like, how much would you pay for something? Yeah. And then it's like, I would put this for my art. Yeah. I would pay this much for my own art. Hmm. So when you see an artist tack a price, that's how much they would pay for their own shit. Yeah. I think it's also because because there are some artists as well. Um, you kind of have these two worlds, and you see it in like the more um, uh, classic like gallery art kind of world, oh, where <laughs> <laughs> where where somebody will say like, "Oh, my piece is worth X, Y, and Z," and it's a fucking square on a wall. Okay, because it's <laughs> emotion. You know, it's like, oh, I'm trying to make a point, so it's worth this much, you know? It's the same thing with with normal illustration. Like, what I consider that proper value for, like, other art that I do, it might be a lot less than what the person who's trying to buy it will see as value, Mm. you know? Mm. So it's very difficult because sometimes you'll feel like your art is worth something and nobody else does, 
but then you'll feel like your art is worth more or, or less. And then everybody else is like, no, you should be charging X amount. You know, you should yeah. be like charging for the roof. So it's very difficult, I think, as an artist as well to figure out like how much is my time worth? Mm. And that's why a lot of artists or illustrators in the very beginning when they first start doing freelance, there's kind of a, a semi-equation to it where you go, okay, if I want to make this a career, if I want to make this viable, right? Cut out all the emotion. It doesn't matter what I feel about my art. This is how much I need to make in a month to survive. In order to make that much, I need to charge X amount for X amount of emotes. So for example, if I needed to make $2,000 a month to survive, right? Mm. Or thrive even, because that's another thing. Like, what is your goal? Do you want, yeah. do you just want to live? Or do you want to actually thrive? Because you can as an artist. Like the starving artist trope is a lie. Can, yeah. They can go out the window. So you need to sit down and you go like, what is my goal? My goal is to thrive. So $2,000 a month is me thriving. So that means that I would have to make 200 emotes at $10 an emote. Yeah. $10. Yeah. Or I could make 100 emotes at $20. And then you need to go, okay, so this is how I make this money. These are the price options that I have. And this is what I could potentially do. Because it's kind of the same thing. It's like, do I do 200 and spend the time on 200 emotes for $10 each? I could possibly do that, you know, because $10 is pretty cheap for an emote. So I'd have a lot of clients, maybe. Um, or I could be smart about it and I could do half the time and charge $20, you know? But then yeah. it's like, okay, how do I get people who are willing to pay $20? Then you've got to go out and look for it. Then you've got to start advertising. So it kind of all ties in. And that's sort of my advice for like new emote artists. Yeah. Well, that makes perfect sense. Hmm. Um, DM me, bro. DM me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Joe, so I did a little bit of Twitter stalking towards your 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 page earlier, <gasps> um, and I saw that you have a really really flipping cool new project that is launching. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? That's that's even cooler. Little little figures that you have. Me? The little figures that you have. Oh, okay. So yes. So recently, I got into something. I don't know if you guys know what NFTs are. No, tell us all about it. Okay, so NFTs are basically, it's a non-fungible token. Um, oh, yes. Uh, yes. Didn't yes. know the acronym. But tell us more, Joe, but tell yes. us more. But continue. <laughs> so, um, so basically what it is, is it's, it's, a, it's a certificate um, that kind of makes a, a digital object real on the blockchain, right? Which is like cryptocurrency. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of it's a way for people to be able to sell like digital copies of I think like figurines or like paintings or even like 3D artworks and that kind of stuff, which I find really, really interesting. Um, yeah. And I discovered it at the beginning of the year. And so I created a little collection of my own. I call them cryptids. And yeah, they're <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm like super into creepy things. Like I love, yeah. I love creepy shit. I think it's awesome. Like um, anything that's spooky, any kind of. Uh... So you like actual cryptids as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
so I, yeah, I came up with a bunch of them and uh, I've turned them into figurines and I'm selling them at the moment on OpenSea, which is like a gallery for these yeah. NFTs. Um, yeah, and that's about it. I'll, I'll be releasing my fourth cryptid, which is a little devil. Um, oh. It's actually called an ore dog, which is based off of, I think it's Romanian or Hungarian. Um, it's kind yeah. of where, like, yeah, it's it's, about, it's where the idea of, like, the Christian devil, you know, with, like, the horns, red skin kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah but it dates back, and it's called an ore dog, and the ore dog's going to be released at the end of the month. So, yeah. Hey, yo. Well, I'm super excited. Okay, now, you talk, now you're talking your language. <laughs> you, just, you just have, like, you, you are just so cool, Joe. I mean, it's like Twitch emote artist. NFT trades woman. Sick. I dig it. That is just so cool. The minute you heard NFT, you were like, oh, now I'm in this. <laughs> I cryptid. <laughs> I will speak when I've sold one. But Bye. I just, I really, I love the idea of NFTs. Um, and the, like the idea that you can take something and sort of use it in multiple spaces um because that's kind of like the big idea for nfts is to be able to take things like in-game items for example at some point you'll have like league of legends or dota where they create in-game items you'll be able to turn that into a certificate as an nft and then move that into a different space you know so like if you were in a like a digital chat room um kind of like second life or i think decentraland as well yeah. You could move it into that space and you could show it off. You could be like, oh, hey, I've got this amazing item from Dota and I can carry it and take it around with me kind of thing, you know? So it kind of like makes it more real in a digital digital kind Sounds of environment. It, it's, it's just, it, what a time to be alive. That is so damn cool. Um, I think I think we're going to wrap it up over there. But before we go, I give everybody at the end of the podcast an opportunity to add anything. So whether it's plugging socials or a charity cause that you're supporting or anything, this is your opportunity to get in there. So, Robbie, do you have anything to add? Like every week, I don't. Okay. I just want to say this was a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, anything to add on your side? Um, yeah, listen, I'm not going to plug anything because I don't usually do that. But what I no, will say is... Go for it. I, hmm? Shamelessly plug, go. <laughs> well, you guys can find me on Twitter, okay? The Pixel Senpai. Um, no, but what I what I do want to say is uh, I sometimes get people in my DMs like asking about freelance and that kind of thing. Um, and like one of the biggest things that I can tell people is like if you think that you can handle it and you think that you're ready to go freelance and like that's the way you want to live, just do it. Um, especially now, because I think now is such a great time with the like the whole booming of the internet and being able to sell your wares online and people seeing value in that. Like, go for it. Just do it. Yeah. Seize the moment. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah, from from my side, I I just think it it it's been a really cool revelation sitting here chatting realizing and I, I may be making too much of a joke out of it but i really do think that it's so cool that you are a twitch emote artist that you're involved with nfts it is just it's wild to think that we're 
in a day and age, but I'm so thankful for that as well. Like, it's so cool that people can express themselves in so many different ways. And it's like, there's a face behind the cool face that you get to use. <laughs> there's a face behind all the faces you put into a chat with no faces. It is just so cool. I've, I've really enjoyed chatting to you, Joe. I, it, this, is, this has been cool. I've had a great time. I, I've had fun. Yeah. It's in my wheelhouse. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Joe. And um, if you wouldn't, the person listening slash watching, if you wouldn't mind liking and subscribing on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Music and Sound. Sound? Spotify. Spot, whatever. SoundCloud, Spotify. On the podcast thingy you are in right now listening. (laughs) (laughs) But until next time, bye. Ciao.